Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 487. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio, the show where we help entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs from around the world to skyrocket their sales and multiply their profits. I am your host, Kelly Roach. Now let's get down to business. Welcome back and thanks so much for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. I have an unbelievably amazing guest that we are going to be chatting with here today. Beth Comstock is on the show. Beth, welcome. Thanks, Kelly. Nice to be with you. I am so happy to have you here. And I really want to give everybody a little bit of a, a detailed overview of, of just a couple things from your past. And then we'll, we'll, you know, dive into the conversation. But you have a fascinating career. You've done so much. You've impacted so many people. So I want to share that. You guys, Beth is really focused on helping to convey and helping to teach people what's next and how to navigate change. And as entrepreneurs, obviously, we deal with change every single day. And so I thought it would be just a fascinating and important conversation to bring to you guys. So uh, by cultivating a habit of seeking out new ideas, people, and places, Beth's built a career from storyteller to chief marketer and finally corporate vice chair. She spent three decades, almost three decades at GE. And as a vice chair of business innovation, chief marketing, officer. She led the efforts to accelerate new growth, develop digital and clean energy futures, and seed new businesses, enhance brand value. So as you guys can see, obviously everyone tunes into the show because you want new insights, new strategies, and to open up your mindset to grow your business faster. Beth obviously can bring quite a lot of those ideas to you here today. Um, she also has an amazing background in television where she was a president of Integrated Media at NBC Universal. She oversaw TV ad revenue and new digital efforts, including the early development of Hulu. Beth is a director at Nike, a trustee of the National Geographic Society and former board president of the Cooper Hewitt Smithsonian National Design Museum. She graduated. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. <laughs> she graduated from William and Mary with a degree in biology. And most exciting for you guys that I really want to dig in today is her book, Imagine It Forward, which is about working and living on the front lines of change. And Beth, I love that you are getting out there and talking about this topic of change because I think our natural human instinct is always to resist change, to fight change, to begrudgingly work our way through change. But I think you're approaching it from the standpoint of really looking at not only embracing it, but using it to consistently reinvent yourself to live your highest potential. So I'm really fascinated. How did you decide that you wanted to help people to learn how to leverage and maximize working through change? Well, I um, I know I struggled with it myself after a, a career where there just were so many changes. And, and, and GE was a pretty established business, but yet the pace of change, we all know it's gotten faster and faster in the kind of global techno-centric world we live in. Um, I, I knew I was struggling with it, and I saw my colleagues struggle a lot with it as well. Um, especially in business, you know, we're so data focused. We want certainty. We're convinced that if we just get more data, it's going to tell us what to do. And so we delay making change. We don't accept the things we see, or we just don't make time to get out in the world and start to see patterns and discover what's new and next. So I especially wanted to target people who uh, are building their businesses, people in organ established companies who are maybe middle of the organization, middle career 
um, that there's a lot you can do on your own. You don't need a big budget. You don't need a big company behind you. Um, there's a lot you can do on your own. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I appreciate you sharing that you came from a place of struggling with it as well. And I think it's important to share that we talk about this a lot on the show, like, a lot of times that thing that you think is your biggest handicap or weakness ends up being like your your biggest advantage that you have when you learn how to leverage it. And it sounds like that's exactly what the case was for you. You know, I, I start my book off with a very personal story. Um, and it's instructive, I think, but I I talk about um, the fact that I was married young and divorced young and kind of chose to go forward as a single mother, um, just as my my professional life was taking off. And it was the hardest change I've ever been part of. And um, it's instructive because we made it through it. I had to sort of figure out how to move forward with a four-year-old daughter and just make it work. We had no, I had felt like I had no choice, but to make it work for us. It wasn't a master plan. It wasn't like, here's my five point business plan. And this step's going to lead to that. Nothing. And I, over the course of my life, professionally, as well as personally, I would often go back to that very personal moment and go, okay, you know what? You did this before. Yes. So you can do this. And I think we all have that. We all have those moments in our life where we had to face change that was hoisted upon us or that we chose that was very painful. And um, and you just have to make it work. And it's not going to be perfect. And I think that was the other thing um, that I found in, in working in, in business is that we have these just crazy expectations that we can't fail and especially for your audience of people who run their own businesses, they're starting businesses, there's so much pressure and the room for error is very small. And so we tend to not take the risks or not see the threats that are quite obvious, maybe even to other people. And um, and so I often go back to that moment and go, okay, like you can do this. Like, you know, you've done this before. Absolutely. And I think there's something important in that too, Beth, because I think that sometimes when you have to make a really tough decision personally or you have to go through a really tough change personally, you don't give yourself credit for the things you've already done professionally and vice versa. And I think it's important, you know, especially in growing your business and going through change and dealing with really difficult things that that you have to go through in order to learn to become the leader that you're intended to be, that you give yourself credit for the things that you've already been through that you've had to push through and and learn from and become more as a result of even if they're not in the exact same form and facet and I think a lot of times people don't look at their life holistically that way yeah and I think um you know we talk a lot in the world today about failure I think you can look to the startup culture has given us these mantras like fail fast fail small boy I certainly trotted those out at GE and they sound good but let's be honest very few of us like to fail um, and but that's part of it. And it's OK to feel bad about it. It's OK to say, I don't like change. I'm telling you right now, Kelly, I don't like change. I wrote a book about it. I called myself a change maker in the context of GE. But there's certain change I just don't like, especially the change that happens to me that I don't control, which is most change. And so I think um, when we feel like we're driving something, we have a sense of control. But when we feel that loss of control. Um, it's hard to feel like, okay, I'm going to make this work for me when you don't know even what you're doing. And so part of, to me, what the kind of learning of a career and just seeing others struggle through some of the disruption that happens in business is there's this kind of power 
in the change of just, okay, this is going to happen. First, I got accepted. And, and I, I, one of the things I felt really power, uh, feel very powerfully about is just kind of changing your mindset. Um, and a lot of it is first just starts with giving yourself permission, this kind of permission to take a risk, to try something different, to get out and discover. And that would be the second thing I'm very passionate about, this notion of sort of making room for discovery. I'm happy to come back and get into it. But this idea of just carving out space where you're out in the world, where you start to see trends and patterns and understand what's next. And then from there, you can take action. But most people don't take those steps. We we have excuses for not giving ourselves permission. There's always an excuse. I don't have enough budget. I My investors won't like that. My customers will never go for that. And many times that's true, but often we're using that as an alibi. I and then we don't agree more. Right? Yes, yes. And then we don't have enough time. Then we don't give ourselves enough time for serendipity and to discover because we're all too busy. And then suddenly change happens and we're like, where did that come from? It's not to say you're going to be able to make the change go away, but you may be less surprised by being more aware of what's going on in the world. Well, leading the change is always a heck of a lot more enjoyable than being forced to change because now you're behind the eight ball. And if you don't change, you're going to be out of the game. And I I think that's kind of speaking to your point there. It's like, don't have your head so far down in the sand that like you don't even see what's happening in the world around you. And then you're forced to follow instead of getting to choose to lead. Exactly. And as somebody who, what my job at GE was often um, to, to be like a golden retriever, you know, be the outsider inside or to go find these things, what was next, see the patterns, the trends. But it wasn't, it wasn't like, I couldn't do that on my own. I couldn't, then what if, what do I do when I find it? Other people had to do something. So I quickly learned people have to see it together. So we do things like field trip Fridays where I'd take a small team out and we just discover things on our own together, you know, maybe go to a pop-up retail store, uh, a local talk, watch a TED talk together, something that gave us a new insight. Um, and some of these things, they, they give you a different perspective, but they, they give you a sense of control because you're out there understanding and learning. You're kind of like your own little private eye detective. Um, and those things you can do on your own. And, and you're not so, you know, right now everyone's worried about the future of work, robotics and artificial intelligence. And is my job going to be gone well, the answer is some jobs are going to go away, but new ones are going to emerge. But do you even understand what's going on? Have you, have you even online figured out just what happens in coding? Are you, are you reading papers about artificial intelligence? Can you go just uh, to a talk at a local community college just to hear from people what's going on? So you start to have a point of view and say, okay, now what does that mean for me? How yes. might that change how I serve my customers or change supply chain in the business I'm running. So, so it's just simple things like that. You don't have to become a, you know, a computer scientist to understand the future of robotics. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and here's kind of an interesting perspective on that. And I've talked about this on the show before. I try to talk to my clients about this really frequently. And I love your feedback on this as well, Beth. You know, I think that too many times people are, swimming in the same pool, studying what people that they do are doing. And you're running, you're cycling the drain. 
at that point, right? Like you're cycling the drain. And, and what you're talking about here, which, which is, it's always been my philosophy, like go out there and just look for brilliant ideas and things that you want to test and things that are happening in other industries that have never been done in yours before and be the first, right? Because so many times I'll, I'll be coaching a client on something and they'll say, well, no, my, my market will never respond to that. No one in my industry does that. Everybody does this. You know, this is the way they want to be sold to. This is the way. And I'm like, no. No, I'm like, you need to be the first. Like that, that's the problem. Like your market is waiting for someone to just do something different to serve them at a higher level. You're so right, Kelly. And I, I think there, you know, timing's a, a big part of this, but, um, most customers are, and your consumers are counting on you to be able to have a point of view about the future and to take them there. Now, uh, one of the things is we, when we were digitizing both at NBC and on the industrial side of GE, we sort of came to this model of just understanding the maturity of our customers. So don't yes. spend your time on the customers. And frankly, this goes for your colleagues. Don't spend all you want to go right to the people who say, I'll never accept that. I'll never change. Well, that's just wasted energy. Yes. Go to the, you know, exactly. the early adopters, the experimental consumers, Go to that group first. They often then become a reference point to the people in the middle who are kind of not sure. And then you got a whole different strategy for the people who are afraid. And honestly, on some levels, we're all afraid. But there's some people who just are frozen in fear. And and just, you know, I, I love that Peter Drucker quote from like the 1950s, without a customer, there is no business. And um, but I think customers expect you to have a point of view of where the world is going. And it's not you. They're going to go to someone else who has that. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. That's it's it's such good perspective that you're laying out here, Beth. I absolutely love it. And it's so nice to hear it from a different uh, a, a different life experience and a different, you know, worldview. And, and so, so important. You know, it's so easy to get, you know, stuck operating in such a small box of your day to day. And like, there's this whole fascinating world out there of stuff to try and test and experience and enjoy in your business and in your personal life. And I think, you know, em- embracing looking around the corner can be so much fun. And again, I-, I just for everyone, you know, be the change instead of being forced to follow the change that someone else has created. You know? Yeah. And there's power in that, right? There's power in saying there's an energy that's happening here and I'm going to learn about it. Yes. Um, and there's business opportunity in that. And I love Kelly, what you said about the personal dynamic. I mean, this make room for discovery is such a mantra of mine. And I really had to, I, I'm a shy person, I'm reserved, and kind of tap into my curiosity helped me overcome a lot of my fear about these things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, curiosity gets you there. And I, I, I'd start to develop these simple kind of rules or practices. One is just get out there, just get out in the world. Um, uh, and then you start to see patterns. And I have a really simple rule of thumb um, that I call going on threes. First time I see something, I'll go, huh, that's interesting. I actually keep a notebook and I have a folder in my notes and my phone of interestingness. And I will, and you know, try to take a walk a different way to a meeting or, or work. I'll uh, pick up a different magazine if I'm in an airport, you know, traveling or pick a book. Or <clears throat> so you, you just start to capture interestingness and then you're out and you're exploring and then you start to see the same theme twice. You ask coincidence. 
The, see it the third time, I just declare it's a trend. I don't need like McKinsey to certify it or some trend person to validate it. And then I say to myself or if I'm with my business colleagues, like, what does this mean for us and how do we learn more? But I guarantee anyone can start to see patterns. We're pattern making people. That's what we do. Remember, we don't won't remember, but early in our heritage as people, it was we see patterns. Is that, you know, a saber tooth tiger? We better look out for that. And that's how we learn. And I worry that today we're all too busy with emails and meetings. And and yet I guarantee you can carve off at least 10% of your time is wasted on stuff you already know the answer to. So how do you take that back and get out and start getting good at pattern recognition? So good. Oh my gosh. Are, do you talk about a lot of this stuff in the Imagine It Forward book? Like I do. I, okay. I, I thought it was really important to share the, the, the how-to, the practice. I, I tried to make it lessons learned. So I think you'd find it's personal and then hopefully somewhat inspirational because this stuff is hard and yes. it's, you're going to mess up. But then, okay, like, what can you do? And simple stuff, like going on threes. I mean, you won't forget it. And next time you see something twice, you'll go, huh, I'm going to, is that something going on here? And it's just making yourself more aware of things. Absolutely. Simple. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I love it. I can't wait to, to grab a copy of the book myself. So I, I'm interested because you've had such a fascinating career and you've done a lot in a lot of different spaces. So Beth, you've had these very vastly different opportunities that you've created for yourself at, you know, unbelievable organizations, but they're very, very different between what you did at GE and then at NBC and now at Nike. So can you just share maybe some of your favorite or your top learnings from each of these different experiences that you've had? Well, I think um, what what I, maybe there's a consistent theme, even though the industries and the assignments were very different. The consistent theme is um, is you know what's my unique value, and I, I think I started my career as a storyteller, got into publicity, and then then quickly to marketing and innovation. Um, but there's a there's a theme through that for me, and it's a lot around the power of story and strategy. I'm a strategist. I am about what's next and what's new, and so. I think when you think about navigating different places, what's the unique value you bring? And um, in all of those things, I was, as I said earlier, this kind of outsider inside. I was, you know, I was never quite of media. I wasn't quite of industrial. I, on the board of Nike, I bring a different perspective. That uh, I'm not a, you know, a retailer. So I think that's something to that I felt really. I had it was a, a journey for myself to get build confidence about my unique value. Uh, what's your story? Another way to say, what's your strategy? And um, so I, I also think I have, um, because I'm curious, it meant that I just found great opportunity in these places. I often took the job no one else wanted, or I would take on assignments that didn't, that maybe tickled me, but didn't seem that great to other people. It was that sort of curiosity that, that and and take on assignments where it was very ambiguous. So those kind of things serve me well. When people wanted specific answers, I'd be like, I, I'm okay. I, I worked with um, Jeff Emmelt, the CEO of GE, and he'd we had a little rhythm where he'd go like, I have a seed of an idea. It's like a quarter of an idea, and it could be really bad. And he knew I was the kind of person like, go figure it out. So I think those kind of things have always been able to carry me through different industries um, and to be able to ask questions from a, really hopefully an outsider's point of view. Got it. 
Got it. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. So for you, Beth, like, what are you most excited for next? You know, you have this awesome book, you're, you're not only leading, obviously, in multiple capacities with the boards that you're on and, and the museum and, and Nike, and you have the book out, like, wh- what's next for you? Yeah, well, I don't know the answer to that. And on one hand, here I'm telling you, you know, embrace the ambiguity. <laughs> and I'm also telling you I'm having to apply everything I have learned back yes. to myself. Yes. So there's some kind of weird karmic justice in that. Uh, I left GE at the end of 2017, or rather I should say GE left me. There was a big leadership shakeup. And I was planning to leave at some point, but it happened much sooner. And, you know, you have to work through all that. And and I'm a wanderer and a discoverer right now. I've been looking, do I want to get into academia? Do I want to do research? Do I want to do another book? I, I, so I don't know what's next for me. And I've committed to give myself a number of months, if not year plus, to just wander, do the pattern recognition and kind of discover what I might want to go gravitate toward next. I will go back to the future and tell you this story. I And one of the things I've been doing is cleaning a lot of stuff out. And I found a, a report I did when I was 14 years old. Um, and it was like my autobiography. And trust me, at 14, there was nothing interesting. Um, except I wrote in it, I am ambitious. When I grow up, I want to be 50 different things. I still feel that way. Um, and so I don't want to go back and do the same thing. I want to be and explore something different. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It's also scary as heck. Um, and not every day is as good as the one before. Mm-hmm. And some days are, you know, Even you're better. like, I you can't, I can't do this. And then other days you're like, I got this. Yes. So I think that's part of it. And we all have that. Right. And that's where I started this discussion go back to those times in the past when things have changed, when you had to face into change and remind yourself you did it. And I, I keep giving myself that talk. Such. Yeah. I I think that's such, that's such good guidance for everyone. I, I love that. And I love you're so humble in the way that you share your own like personal experience growing through that. And in spite of all that you've accomplished, it's like really, really inspiring. And I think it's really empowering for everyone. So thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, but at the end of the day, um, I, I, it you just it's it's the reality of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Change is going to happen. We are uh, we are adaptation machines because we're humans, yet we we don't we don't want the uncertainty. So we run away from it. And so for back sure. to that, the power of change. What are you going to do about it? It's happening. I got to figure out how to make my way through it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So if you were going to give just, you know, some final kind of parting advice, some guidance for entrepreneurs that are out there working to, you know, make an impact on the world and grow their businesses, you know, about how they can really thrive in today's climate, what what would that be? What, what advice do you want to give to our listeners? Well, I think I'd go back to, you know, make sure you have a practice of just opening up your aperture, making room for discovery and seeing where the world's going. And then secondly, uh, and, and, you know, equally important is just know your story, which is your strategy. Be able to say why you. What's your Mm -hmm. unique value as a business, as a business leader, as a person? And that helps you navigate that change. Uh, What happens, I've seen this so often in business, is we copy what everybody else is doing out of fear because we think that we're supposed to be doing that. 
as opposed to saying, okay, this is the change. What's the uniqueness that I bring? So those two things go together. You have to understand where it's going and then you have to know how you're uniquely suited to navigate through that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So, so good. So, so good. Beth, uh, thank you so much for everything that you shared here. I can't wait to devour your book when we're done this interview. And I appreciate you so much coming on the show today and sharing with everyone. And I wish you so much luck with whatever that next change is for you, which you are leading the way and inspiring people to embrace. So thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. I love your energy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. To all our listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, thank you guys so much for tuning in. The show wouldn't be here without you guys. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Hold on, one more thing before you go. As a valued listener of Unstoppable Success Radio, I want to help you build your business, not just during the times that you're listening to the show, but all day, every day, every week of the year. I have a new Facebook group called The Tribe of Unstoppables, and it's a place for you to come gather with other successful, driven, passionate entrepreneurs, creating financial freedom for their families, and building a life and legacy of impact and significance. If you want to be a part of the community, where you can network, get leads, gain referrals, build your business, and get unbelievable free trainings from myself and my team, go to kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. That's kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash community. Or you can just pop into Facebook and search Tribe of Unstoppables. Drop me a note and let me know when you join. Can't wait to see you there.